Hey, Westside family. My name is Matt, and I am the co-leader for the Young and Free Group. Thank you for joining us for today's message. We hope that you are blessed by the Word of God through the speaking of our pastors and leaders, and we pray that this leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We love you, and enjoy. So tonight, I'm again like last week, I started into this, and uh, I, 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 just got, I just got it won. So uh, that might be a regular thing for me. Uh, so tonight, I'm just going to be talking about courage. That was the next value that was in our list here. I, I got a little bit to say, so I'm not even going to touch the paper. You, have, you guys have the paper? See? Yeah? So I would encourage you to look at the paper, take it home, read it, uh, uh, do some studying with it. Uh, I'm just going to give you what I felt like I needed to give you today. Is that good? Yeah. All righty. Look at someone and say, courage is needed. So there's three main areas that I'm going to discuss tonight. The first one is learned, not heard. Look at someone and say, learned and not heard. Are you awake tonight? You guys feeling good? You blessed? You ready to punch the devil in the mouth? All right. Ready to kick him in the side of the knee and knock it out? All right. Ready to stomp on his neck? I know how to fight dirty. Daniel 6, I'm going to read Daniel 6, verses 10. Now, when Daniel learned, can you say that word, learned? Learned. Depending on what version you have, it might say knew. Some versions say, now, when Daniel knew. The word knew and learned in this context is the same. What's so important is for us to realize it was not based off of what Daniel heard. Okay, so that is going to be the premise of number one. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, now this was the decree that was set before the whole kingdom, the whole, uh, all of Persia there, that if anybody worshipped any other god or any, anything other than the king for 30 days, there's going to be thrown into a pit of lions. That's, that's the context of this. So when Daniel learned about this decree... When Daniel knew about this decree, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. And I'm going to start reading, but what happened right after that is three of the men that that, uh, initiated this decree, they manipulated the king, and they got the king to sign off on this decree. The three men that was a part of that saw David, Daniel, excuse me, saw Daniel praying, and that was their way to Daniel. Their whole plan was to X Daniel out. So they heard this, or saw this rather, through an open window. Daniel wasn't doing it in secret. He was doing what he had done before, as the word says. They went to the king to initiate the process for Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. We're not going to get into all that. We're just going to touch the beginning of this. And and, and it has to do, 
is the difference between fear and courage can be the difference in, 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 in what we have learned, learned as opposed to what we have heard. Sometimes our fear is not based off of what we know or what we've learned. It's based off of what we heard. Now, I was, I was shouting amen to the Lord in my office when, 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 when I was studying this, so uh, can you help me out tonight? Don't make, me, don't, don't, don't make me work too hard. Sometimes we have fear, not because of what we know, but because of what we've heard somebody say. Amen. Thank you very much. That's, that makes me feel a heck of a lot better right now. So I say fear... But getting into the context of, of, of the talk, sometimes we don't have courage. Sometimes we don't do what we should do. Sometimes we scare the cats. Sometimes we think the boogeyman's in the closet. Sometimes we think there's a monster under the bed. Not because of what we know, but because of what we heard. I was talking to somebody this past Sunday. They was asking me if I was all ready for Halloween. Halloween is not something I really get ready for. Uh, there is a small plan put together by my wife and my little girl. And I had mentioned that. And, and, and this uh, young man that I was talking to was telling me what he was going to be. And he was going to be a serial killer with a hockey mask. And I was like, well, all right then. I, uh, you know, I didn't want to give him a thumbs up. But I proceeded to tell him my experience with the movie that portrays a man with a hockey mask that is a serial killer. And I remember it. I mean, I, I was like probably 10 years old. My parents forbid this kind of uh, movie. But I was over at a friend's house whose parents didn't allow it either, but they were gone for the afternoon. And it so happened to come on TV, and they had all the cable channels, if you know what I'm talking about. So we watched Jason number two. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Long story short, I could not sleep for a whole month. And my dad was pretty darn, you know, like hardcore. He's a man. No, no, uh, no nightlights in my son's room. Straight up serious. My dad would not let me have a nightlight. There's nothing in the dark to, to scare you. Be tough. And all I got in my head, all I could imagine, what freaked me out, I don't know why, but was... The guy's name, if you don't know of the, of the movie, I think most of you do, was Jason's Boots. Because the movie had an image of his boots walking down the hallway before he was about to enter into the room to do his slaying. And for whatever reason, that stood out in my mind. And my room was the last room down a long hallway on the left. And I would lay there for a whole month, lay there imagining what I saw in that movie about this man walking down that hallway with these big old leather work boots on and having this big 15-inch butcher's knife. He's going to come into my room and stick it in my chest. It was a pigment of my imagination. There was no truth to it. It was not a learned knowledge. It was not a knowing. It was just something that I saw 
Now, that really don't have nothing to do with what I'm preaching about, but I gave you a little cute story. Sometimes we are bound by fear or we are not courageous just because of what we hear, not because of what we know. And this stood out to me today. It just jumped off the, off the pages of the Bible or, or out of the verse when I was reading this today. And I begin to think about, I just begin to think, I begin to think about this and other areas of Scripture and how true it is. So oftentimes we don't have courage because of what we hear, not because of what we know. And if we can get a hold of that, if we can realize, if we can know the difference between knowing something and just hearing something, then what we can do is we can really develop a heart that is more cor- courageous than it might have a tendency to be. One of the places I, I thought about was Numbers 13 when the spies of Israel, the 12 spies of Israel, Moses had them go into the promised land and said, I want you to spend 40 days there. I want you to check the land out and come back and give us a report. They came back and, and, and gave Moses and all of Israel a report. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a good report. We can take this land. The other 10 spies was like, no, yes, it is a land flowing with milk and honey, but no, there are giants in the land. They are treacherous. We will die. And then all of Israel, at least the majority, they heard the bad report and lost courage. What they should have did is learned from the faith of Joshua and Caleb. Get get what I'm saying tonight. All of Israel lost courage because they just simply heard the voice of fear coming out of ten spies as opposed to learning from two men of God, two examples of faith, two leaders of God's people. And it's so important that we consider consider ourselves and, and consider who we talk to and who we listen to. Are we losing courage? Have we been overtaken by fear because... We have listened and we have heard from the naysayers as opposed to listening and learning from the people of faith that we need to listen and learn from. Who we listen to, who we hear from, it's so important when it comes to developing courage to take on the task that God puts in front of us. And this was detrimental. Can you say detrimental? This was detrimental to Israel. What it cost Israel is a generation in 40 years. So God was angry. All of Israel wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb because of their faith, because of their belief. And the Bible says that God judged. Actually, God wanted to kill them. But Moses stood up and became the bridge to mercy. But what God did do is he judged them, he sentenced them to 40 years in the wilderness. And he sentenced them there until 
the current generation, 20 years and above, died. Their fear caused them to lose a whole generation and to lose going into the promised land 40 years prior. For 40 years they wandered in the desert. For 40 years they barely got, they wore the same shoes for 40 years. Now that's kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time, ain't it? Ladies, well, men nowadays, how would you like to wear the same shoes for 40 years? You'd be getting tired of looking at those feet. I mean, I'm sick and tired of looking at these leather sandals. My toenails change more than these shoes has. But it was because they believed what they heard as opposed to believing what they should have learned. Man, can you look at someone and shake your head? That's good enough to make you want to smack your mama. So I want to challenge you with that today. Don't base your faith. Faith and courage is linked together. We all know this, right? I'm kind of bypassing some, fun, I'm, I am bypassing the fundamentals of courage, okay? So I'm just assuming and I know a lot of you do. Faith and courage go hand in hand. Let's not build our faith off what we hear, but let's build our faith off what we can learn from God's word. Amen? Let's move on to point two. Can you say take courage? Let me read from the gospel of Mark chapter 6 verses 49 and 50. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. Now, this is the ESV version that I'm reading. But if you jump over to the NIV version, it says, take courage. For they all saw him and were terrified. This is when the disciples was on a boat. Jesus was walking on the water, just doing his normal thing. It wasn't even his intention. If you read the full context of the verse, it wasn't his intention for them to see him. He wasn't going to their boat. He was going from point A to point B, just walking on water. How would you like to hang? How would you like to be Jesus? You know, he just walking on the water to get from one point to the next point. He wanted to take a shortcut. You ever thought about that? He just wanted to take a shortcut. He didn't want to have to walk around the whole, the whole body of water. He just wanted to get right across. So he's like, you know what? I'm the son of God. I got the power and the authority. Check it out. I'm going to walk. He just walked on water. Then the disciples just happened to see him. And the Bible said they thought he was a ghost. They freaked out. Ah! It's a ghost. These tough fishermen screaming. Like little sissies, thinking Jesus was a ghost. And Jesus is like, hey, it is I. It's I. Take courage. That term, that's the standout. Take courage. Sometimes courage don't come natural. Sometimes courage isn't instinctual. 
Sometimes courage ain't the first choice. Sometimes you got to take it. And you can't fake it. Because when a moment or a circumstance requires courage, it's usually, for lack of a better term, do or die moment. And you don't fake those kind of moments. And either you are in it or you're running from it. And sometimes you have to take courage. But in this context of Scripture, there was a key element to the command or the directive of Jesus. Take courage, it is I. It is something seen but untold here. He said, take courage. The the power or the push behind that command was where it was coming from. When God says take courage, you're not relying on yourself. You're relying on him. He said, take courage. It is I. He didn't say, take courage. You got this, brother. He didn't say, take courage. It's all yours, sister. He didn't say, take courage. Come on, you, you can do it. Now, there's times that does happen. We're going to get to that next. But at this moment, he was saying, take courage. It is I, because the courage they needed was based off of him. And let's face it, sometimes the courage we need ain't going to be the courage that we're going to conjure up from, from, from ourselves, from our mind, from our soul. Sometimes there are some circumstances that require a certain amount of courage, and that courage can only come because you're hearing the voice of God, and God is saying, I'm here with you. You don't have to worry, I'm here. It's not what you think. I'm here. Ooh, that's a good one. Sometimes we need to realize what we think it is ain't no big deal because he's here. And when he says it, and when he says it is I, as meaning it's I, I'm here, I'm with you, then, then, We can take that courage. How do we take it? We take courage in the mind. We take courage by our voice, and we take courage by our deeds. We take it in the mind. We don't allow thoughts of fear, worst-case scenarios, history, or our past. We don't allow things that begin to create fear and doubt and manipulation. We don't allow it to take control of our thoughts, but we take courage in our mind. God said it, God is with me, and this is what's going to happen. We think those thoughts, and then we declare those thoughts, amen? You can't be thinking courageously and then speaking fearfully. It just don't work. We have to think courageously and then speak courageously. I don't know how how it's going to happen, but I know God is going to make a way. I don't know how the bill is going to get paid, but I know God's going to make sure it's paid. 
I don't know what my body's going to end up being because the doctor said this. But God said this. I, don't, I may not know, but I am taking courage in God. I am taking courage. Amen. When Jesus, oh, this is good. When Jesus said, wait, take heart, take courage. It is I. He was basically saying to them, take it, apply it, use it. It is here for you. I am blessing you with it. No difference than if he walked up in your house and he said, hey, here's $10,000, take it. Would you have a problem taking it? If I walked up to you after church and said, hey, here's a thousand bucks, God said, take it. Would you have a problem? Now, you might be acting like, oh, I don't want that, brother. That is so nice of you, but I don't want to take your money. But on the inside, you would be like, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I needed that thousand dollars. Right? You wouldn't have a problem taking it because... I'm the middleman between you and God, and I'm saying God said to me to give you $1,000. You wouldn't have a problem taking that. But when it comes to something of a spiritual matter, something of an intangible matter, something like fear or courage, sometimes we have a problem taking what Jesus says take and apply to your life. Now, we can jump onto the reasons, and the reason is we are more carnal than we are spiritual. Where if we were more spiritual than we were carnal, we would have no problem taking the spiritual things just like we don't have a problem taking the carnal things. Are you breathing? You ain't about to have no heart attack, are you? Not yet. Okay, good, good. It ain't your time, Don. Number three, Judges. Chapter 6, verses, I got a few verses to read, verses 11 through 13, and then we'll include 14 in a few moments. The angel of the Lord, this is Gideon, you know, the Gideon story. Gideon uh, is known to be a scaredy cat in the Bible that God called to be a mighty warrior. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash, the, a bee's ride. Where where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now, if you don't, now Gideon was, was uh, basically making bread. Godly, I'm not going to go there. Gideon was making bread where he was supposed to be making wine. Mm-mm-mm. Move on, move on, move on. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. I really liked that the Bible notes that because it shows a respect. Because there are some places in Scripture you see where people, uh, you know, oppose or doubt the word of the Lord or the angel and they suffer consequences. But then there's other areas, for example, like Mary, she, the Bible says she wondered about this, but yet she was still blessed. And it really has to do with the heart. And you really see Gideon's heart here. He was like, pardon me, my Lord. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Do not 
or did not, excuse me, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Sometimes our fear can be a byproduct. Thank you. I kind of went blank a second. Thank you, Lord. This is going to smack somebody right upside the head. Our fear can be a byproduct of what we have not seen as opposed to what God is saying. Let me almost say this again. I want to let it sink a bit deep and then I'll explain what I mean. Sometimes our fear or our lack of courage is a byproduct of what we have not seen God do as opposed to our courage being based off what God is saying. So the angel of the Lord said what he did to Gideon in Gideon's first response was a response of doubt because Gideon was too focused on what he had not seen God do in his life as opposed to what God was saying he was going to do in his future. I cannot tell you how many times I've had conversations with people And their current level of faith was absolutely sabotaged because of their lack of godly experience in their past. And they were truly substantially limiting God because they could not get beyond what they had not seen. So we have, there's most likely more, but for for tonight, there's two different levels of courage, two different levels of faith. One that is based off what is or what has been seen. Another that is based off of what is said and not seen. Let me read you, let, let, let me jump over to the Gospel of John. I'm going to read you the full context of this story. It's about doubting Thomas. This is kind of where my song comes in. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side... I will not believe. A week later, a week later, okay. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. I love this part. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Now, I'm sure that'd be like, (sighs) that would probably freak them out a little bit. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands. 
Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God, exclamation point. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Please hear my words right now. We are in a time and age that is requiring a courage that is not based off of what we have seen. We are in a time and an age to where there is a need of, of a faith in God and God's word alone as opposed to a faith that needs to have seen something before it believes God is going to do something. What you oftentimes see in the, in, in the Old Testament is the type of faith that is a byproduct of what was seen. Not, not, not every instance by any means, but you definitely see it. For instance, Joshua and Caleb had seen what God had, can do. They witnessed the ten plagues in Egypt. They witnessed Moses uh, changing colors because of his because of his experience with God on Mount Sinai. They, they witnessed the, the cloud by day and the fire by night. Joshua would go into the, 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 the tent of meeting, the Bible says, and stay there after Moses would leave. The Bible says that Caleb was different than the other Israelites, that he was a man of faith and he was committed to God. These men had seen things and their brain and their mind and their faith and their experience with God had been tried and had been trued, had been tested, had been stabilized. And when they came out of the 40 days in the promised land, they could say, this is our land and we can take these people. They can say that because of what they had seen. Israel, in the, in the same story, in the same experience, was being asked by God to believe in something they hadn't seen. They were being asked by God to believe Two men that had seen, had experienced, and believed. Now what God was trying to do to Israel, God was trying. <coughs> Dang, this is for somebody. So Israel was in a transitional period. They was going from Egypt to a promised land. But in order for them to get from Egypt to the promised land, in order for them to level up, they had to believe, they had to have faith, and they had to have a courage based off of what God said and what they had not seen. 
And there is somebody or some people here today, you are in transition and God is moving you from an Egypt type to a promised land type, but God is just simply waiting for you to believe and for you to have courage and for you to act upon what he is saying, not off what you have seen him do or not do. Thomas was blessed, but he would have been blessed more if he would have acted off what was said as opposed to what he had not seen or what he saw. Going back to Gideon, Judges 6, 14. This is my last verse for tonight. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Let me just, just speak this to you. Uh, there, and I, I hope it hit somebody just smack dab in the face. There is a strength that you have that you do not even know of. But, I got a big but for you. But it will never develop and you will never experience it if you don't go. You're just going to be waiting in limbo. You're going to be waiting in the wilderness. God's providing. God's meeting your need. You might be wearing the same old shoes for 40 years. And maybe you've gotten comfortable with quail and bread. Because that's what they ate. Maybe you're okay with water from a rock every now and then, as opposed to it springing up out of the well of life. But you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be satisfied. You shouldn't accept average. You should realize that you have a strength that you haven't tapped into, and God's wanting to bring that forth. And all you got to do is go. Do what he wants you to do. Whether that be in your relationships, whether that be in your career, whether that be in your personal ministry, whatever it might be. Take courage and go. Because there is a strength in you that you don't even know you have. Amen? So you see the difference, like the, the, the point two that I made? Jesus said to them, you know, take courage, it's I. The idea of that point is we have courage because of his strength. And in some instances, that's what's needed and applied. But there's other instances when God is like, you got the strength. You got the power. You got the experience. You got the wisdom. Stop being fearful. Stop being lazy. Stop being complacent. And stop just waiting, me, waiting on me to do everything. I've given you the power. I've given you the strength. Now, trust in me. Take courage and do what I'm sending you to do. Amen. Amen? 
do it. Gideon did it. Gideon became one of the mightiest warriors in the history of Israel. He was one of the great judges that you, that you read about and study about in the book of Judges in the Old Testament. And he did it because he simply obeyed what he heard, not, 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 in, not in the context of point one. He obeyed what God was saying to him. He trusted God. Amen? Take courage. Look at someone and say, take courage. Father, I just ask that you just bless my church family tonight. May this word just be exactly what they or someone needs. May it strengthen them. May it empower them. May it bless them. Father, I just ask that when they leave here tonight, that they leave here with a courage, with, with the courageous heart. With this attitude, says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not going to fear. I'm just going to jump in the water. I'm going to start walking, and I'm going to trust you. Father, I just speak that over someone's mind and over someone's heart in the name of Jesus Christ. Devil, you're a liar. We rebuke fear. We rebuke the spirit of fear and the spirit of worry. In the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke it, we bind it up, and we loosen courage in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally and continues to encourage you throughout the day and the coming week. We'll see you next time.